and we're live. Welcome back, gents. Welcome back. More and more, this is starting to feel like a refuge. Like, it's been a busy day for, for all of us. And I was telling you guys, coming here, I felt nice to be able to be with the boys and talk about talk about music stuff. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I actually like this time slot. This is good. You know, you can't, like, after it's a Monday evening and uh, you got a day of work under the belt. Yeah. Tough day, actually, today. Things were busy, but... Um, but yeah, I know it's nice coming in and as you say, like a bit of a refuge. Yeah. How you so doing? That's a good feeling. Yeah. How you doing, Danny? Pretty good. Very excited to start the week, you know, with you guys. Have you here? Talk about music, business. Yeah. Music. Business. <laughs> What'd you do this weekend? I had a show. Yeah. I had a show yesterday here in Bushwick. Uh I was playing with some friends. We were we we put a band together. We're all songwriters. Mm -hmm. So the three of us decided to just do a show together and Call ourselves the Beagles. The Beagles? We uh, play the only <laughs> Beatles and Eagles covers. Oh, that's <laughs> insane. Yeah, you didn't let me know about the show, man. What's up with yeah, that? Yeah, man, it was last minute, but soon we'll be doing more shows. It was fun. Yeah, I saw it on Instagram, um, but I had friends in town. Oh, from, okay. yeah, London. So friends. you got the invite. I got the invite. Oh, yeah, gotcha, yeah, you got gotcha. the invite. Okay. Via okay. okay. the medium of Instagram, um, <laughs> which we will. Hopefully, be talking about a little bit today. Yeah. What'd you do this weekend? Uh, well, yeah, I had friends in town. I had a bunch of friends over from London. Um, they were like visiting. They've all got uh, kids, and so they were kind of like on a like a boys like they got a pass to come over to New York. They yeah. had they, they've <laughs> yeah, had yeah. it booked since. 2019 oh man can you believe that oh, wow. that's crazy 2019 they booked it and then it got like uh moved because of the pandemic all i these wonder times. why <laughs> <laughs> exactly we've definitely chosen a different lifestyle living in new york you know i mean there are fam there are families in new york people who raise their kids in brooklyn and you yeah. know all these things but it, it's different like do you feel when you're around those types of friends it's just like a different it's a different vibe. Oh yeah, totally. But they're all like, they just constantly remind me of, um, you know, say that you take this for granted, like you can come, you can sit in this restaurant and you can be here for as long as you like, blah, blah, blah. Right. So, um, uh, yeah, they, but they, they enjoyed it. They had a good time and I, I like definitely sh showed them the sights and the signs. So yeah, I'm getting to that age where everybody's getting married. Everybody's having kids. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you better, I tell you what, See, so going on like, well, stag do's or bachelor parties. Yeah. And then going to weddings. And then in, in Europe, like I was living in London through that phase and all my buddies, it was just, the, it was very in vogue to, to have destination weddings in Europe, right? I feel like that's, that's a bit obnoxious because then you're asking people to buy flights to the destination. Mate, that, that will bankrupt you. I yeah. reckon I could be well on my way on the property ladder if it had not been for the amount of money that was blown on, like... Really? Bachelor weddings. parties, <laughs> weddings, wedding presents. But it, look, don't get me wrong, I absolutely love them. Nothing better than a good wedding. I just feel like if you're getting married and you're asking people to come celebrate with you, you have to make it as convenient for them as possible, no? Or shorten your guest list and only invite the people that you know are going to you know, come and like can afford to, you know, fly to the destination. Yeah, yeah it's a lot. But look, I, friends living in London, they were both from Scotland. Yeah. You would, you would have think, you know, that they'd be like, okay, we'll get married up in Scotland. But their mentality was like, well, most of our friends are down here. 
they're gonna have to get flights to Scotland. If we're flying, mm. we might as well fly somewhere nice. So they oh, got married yeah. in Italy in uh, Lake Como of all places. Okay. And everyone was joking, oh, are you going to George Clooney's wedding? Because it was actually the same, around the same time. Who was the first person I bumped into? George, George Clooney? George Clooney. Wow. Nice. Literally coming, I was walking into the restaurant to meet in uh, meet everyone. He stepped out. And you know when you do like that wee awkward sideways shuffle where you go left yeah, yeah, and yeah. he goes, you go right and he goes, we we're doing that. And I, it took me to look up and I instantly recognized him, but not recognized him as George Clooney just recognized him as like someone I knew like maybe <laughs> someone's father from the wedding or something did you get a free bottle of Casamigos I wish I did but no he was gone he was how gone many drinks you had before this encounter <laughs> <laughs> none mate none I haven't I haven't been to a wedding as an adult yet so um yeah when's yours when am I getting the invite <laughs> I think it's that uh, won't be this year <laughs> got you got you um cool, what was cool. your weekend Tim Man, my weekend was chill. You know, I'm spending a lot more time with my girlfriend's friends. And, uh, yeah, they're all single. So it's like I need them all to get guys, you know. So it just it feels like the only guy in the room, which is not a bad thing. Like, I enjoy all of them. They're really nice. But, yeah, it's starting to feel like a bit of the same. And it's I enjoy It's starting to feel like you're not delivering? <laughs> no, it's just like... Yeah, you're the only guy in your room, and that's like your thing for the weekend. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've I've seen you in that position. I think you do. A, you think a I good do a good job? job? I yeah, think yeah. You do a good job. Yeah. I, that's yeah. why. That's why I keep hitting you up to come along because you sort of you sort of help supplement that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, um, well, anyway, look. Um, why don't we talk about um, anything we saw? Something good, topical in the industry um, mm -hmm. this week. There's a couple of uh, things to touch on, I think, be worth mentioning. Uh, the first thing uh, that I saw headline-wise, Netflix losing a lot of subscribers. I think it's their their first loss of subscribers yeah. um, for the past decade. Down 200,000 subscribers in Q1 of 2022 and even more startling for me they're forecast to lose another two million in when you q2 when you say lose does that mean like they are not getting the amount of subscribers that they projected or literally two hundred thousand people left the platform people's leaving the platform yeah there's so many other platforms going on now there's so much content happening with like i mean amazon prime and hbo and disney and all these other platforms that YouTube TV Netflix is just trying to catch up and by raising the prices they didn't they didn't make me a lot of people happy you know yeah it could be it could be a combo of a lot of things like they're raising their prices and then for the longest time they never had an ad supported subscription plan yeah. so which a lot of the other ones have like Hulu definitely has that for example but for some reason they were adamantly against having that subscription model for a long time and I think as part of like to mitigate the loss they're probably gonna add that but yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. Does it? It is interesting. Is it like the death of the subscription era? Is that what this indicates? Or well, that's that's why I find it was interesting. I wanted to touch on it because obviously there's a few people in the music industry. I guess the DSPs who will be you know having a look at themselves and wondering, hmm, uh, you know, it definitely doesn't bode well on first blush. But then, you know, do we think that will translate into the music industry? There's probably some lessons. To be learned there, you know, as you say, the ship, the sharing of subscriptions, um, and uh, you know, I don't. Uh, there's 
there's probably more that could be done there to police that. And I think they will introduce that. I think, yeah, outside of just the... Netflix has done a, a really good job producing um, original content. But I do think raising the subscription prices without necessarily adding any value maybe shows that they're they're um, not valuing their customers, right? They're sort of uh, taking them for granted. And if you translate that into music, I think Spotify is basically the Netflix of the DSPs, right? Mm -hmm. In the yeah. sense that it's the biggest one. It was sort of the one of the first ones out of post-Napster era. But I think they do a good job compared to the other DSPs because they they have like better editorial playlist you know their you know their their algorithms sort of feel like more intimate like they sort of get the songs whereas you know compared to this is my personal preference like people love title they love apple music etc but i feel like spotify for where you're paying is sort of matching the value that they're you know that they're yeah delivering. i'd agree with that it definitely feels like they you know you're getting value for money and and you also like I think you constantly get a little bit more for your money. Like they don't, you know, they're constantly, the service is constantly changing. I'm sure there are people who argue and feel differently, Yeah. but that that's always been my overall feeling. It's like your relationship with the algorithm also is growing. The longer you've been right. using Spotify, the more they know you, the more they know what kind mm. of music you like. And yeah. yeah. I wonder if I'm um, subscription, uh, not subscription, if sync fees, are going to change for like music supervisors negotiating, you know, with Netflix produced content. Like you guys have less eyes now. Does that mean like we're going to pay less fees when it comes to like syncing music in your original content or? Yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think, I don't think so for yeah. the most part, for the most part, I think it'll just be business as usual, really. Right. And, you know, hopefully um, for Netflix's sake that they're able to write the, the ship again and yeah. get it back on track. Um, it is great that there are other competing services for sure. Um, but ultimately, you know, like it's a, it's a big old company. There's a lot of people, I mean, there's a lot of people, you know, in the public now with all these investment apps that have shares yeah, in, in, yeah. in Netflix, you know, and uh, shares were down 25% yeah. on that news. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot of money to lose, you know, if you, uh, for anyone, no matter what you got invested in there. So, um, yeah, but it, it'll be interesting to see and, uh, you know, how they go about remedying that situation, as I say, riding the ship and then um, writing the ship, I should say, and then what the DSPs, the music DSPs do, if anything. I'm sure there'll be learnings and I'm sure there'll be, you know, um, teams of execs up and down. Definitely. The the hallways, you know, talking about this and, and planning, you know, what they can do. So, yeah, that was the first interesting thing. And then just to mention it, because uh, this was announced today, um, it looks like the Twitter board have accepted Elon Musk's proposal to buy Twitter for, I think it's 44 billion. It is 44 billion. Yep. The robots are taking over, man. <laughs> Elon's taking over. <laughs> Controversial so, figure for sure. Um, but tying this back to music, I guess his whole thing is about de censoring Twitter. 
about you know m- making it so like you can actually have yeah, public discourse. Yeah, uncensored. Well, I he refers to it as the the town hall, right, or the town right. square, the town square, right, where you know it's like sh- it should be. It is the the forum, and he wants it to be the forum for open debate, and it doesn't matter. I mean, obviously there are rules in like um, this country and a lot of countries around the world, you know, censoring speech to, to some degree. There's no, you can't just say anything you want. Like, for example, there is hate speech as a crime. Right. But ultimately, it, it shouldn't, in his view, it shouldn't be so that if someone, if you don't like what someone's saying and it's because right. you, you disagree, your politics is different, that, you know, it gets shut down you get shut down. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a controversial topic. And I think, you know, a lot of it centers around, we like to say that these social platforms are private companies or public companies, but they, you know, they have a structure and um, speech is not like government speech, right? Where you do have freedom of speech. These companies are owned by somebody. So for you to not be on the platform is the right for whoever owns that company. But the argument is like these social platforms are so integrated within our society now from how we communicate to how we market ourselves, especially in music. You know, you really can't exist today um, in music without having social media of any kind. So like, mm-hmm. because they're so intertwined in our society, do they deserve some sort of regulation and protection of the people who use the platform? So, I mean, regardless, I guess on what side of that you fall on, um, Elon buying Twitter is very interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it will be... I can't imagine, you know, there'll be any, there, there, there's any sort of plans for um, influencers or content creators or anything like that. But it'll just be interesting. No doubt it'll change and it'll be interesting to see, you know, how, if in any way it affects um, the marketing of music. Yeah. Which is my second week in a row i've uh found a little segue into uh, <laughs> to, to today's topic yeah so w- what are we what are we here about uh to talk about today yeah so the last two weeks i mean we talked about distributing music we talked about how to make money off of your music in one way specifically with royalties and this week we want to talk about how to actually market your music mm-hmm. so you know not creating music in a vacuum not just putting out the music and wishing for the best, but actually trying to formulate some sort of plan around the singles, albums that you release, you know, to reach a wider audience. Yes, and uh, something, Danny, that you mentioned earlier, I think uh, Tim and Danny, we were, we were talking, and it's, uh, you know, being aware that it doesn't matter how good your music is or how good you think your music is, um, it's fair to say that you know you it, just releasing it into the world is not enough like even we like, live in a world that allows us to create something with the technology that we have nowadays in our rooms right and yes. a lot of artists are just making songs and creating things that in the 1960s 70s 80s 90s would have impossible but and they got all these outlets to distribute, right? Right. We got all the Spotify's and Apple Music and all that, and we can just get there in like a day. But that's not enough. And I feel artists that are at least starting out in this, they don't have the full awareness of how much it takes 
to actually get your music heard. Yeah. And mm -hmm. not only heard by random people, heard by people that is going to be interested on your music and finding your own niche and finding your own audience. That's yeah. part of the awareness that we're trying to bring. You yeah. know, with no, I think with independent artists specifically, and we can talk about how to take best marketing practices and apply it to the independent artists a little later. But the biggest, the two biggest problems that I see are, you know, they're releasing music without any sort of plan because the market is oversaturated and more people than ever can distribute their own music. Or they're so precious with their music because they're super talented and they, they want to wait on it for a long time until they find the perfect plan and the perfect thing to help release their music because they want to give it the best shot possible. And there's at the end of the day, there's no one size fits all for music marketing. Um, it's all very different. It all depends on the artist, but you, I think you can't be overly precious with your music and you can't be um, just sort of willy nilly with it as well. You have to have some sort of plan, but you know, you have to be consistent in the amount of music that you publish. Yeah, that's, that's good advice, I think. And you know, from the, the artist perspective it's so easy it's like i think it's almost human nature to be precious about it and you know you've created something that you're like super proud of and it's you know you've blood sweat and tears potentially have gone right. into it and your story and everything and you want that story to have the best chance of success you know that that involves good marketing and a good campaign etc so it's so easy to, you know, from a human nature perspective to see how you might like be super precious about that and be right. waiting for the right time and, you know, like the, the right team around you, et cetera. And I think there are many experienced artists and who've done it, you know, themselves yeah. that will tell you that, you know, you, you just can't, you can't uh, rely on that. You can't be too precious. You need to get the music out there. 100%, 100%. So look, why don't we, th this is definitely uh, your sweet spot. This is your wheelhouse, Tim. Yeah. And uh, I'll confess to not knowing a lot about marketing. It's definitely not, um, a, you know, a, a, an area of the business that I'm immersed in, in a day-to-day -day basis. I have right. to be aware of it. And of course, yeah. working in a, a record label, of course, like I'm surrounded by the initiatives that are going on, et cetera. However, um, you know, th this is uh, your bread and butter. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, music marketing isn't an exact science. Um, it's not like we're talking about royalties, right, where there are clear definitions and, you know, the, basically the same thing applies. Music marketing pretty much changes like every two years and it changes with in the digital space um, as music is distributed differently. The marketing changes as well. Um, but I think I could start with talking about the different marketing related departments at a record label and, I, you know, sort of frame it like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's um, it's fair to say that, you know, in a record label, like the a lot of people even talk about them and describe them as right. marketing companies. Right. They, they they facilitate the creation of music and, um, you know, the the. The, the, the development of artists' careers, but you can think of them as essentially as, you know, the, the, the marketing companies of music. 100%. And that's, I think it's like useful to bear that in mind. So, yeah. So yeah. Tell, tell us a little about the different, um, the different marketing departments or the, the, the you know, like what goes on yeah. inside the record label from that, 
standpoint. Yeah. So every every label is structured differently, especially independent labels, because they might not have all of these departments or a lot of people are wearing multiple hats these days. Um, you find a lot of people are have to justify their jobs because things in marketing are so integrated today. But um, in general, you know, you have your your general marketing department. You have radio promotion, um, digital marketing, which are probably your main main ones. And then you have sales, um, and then A and R. I think plays a big part in marketing as well. But you know, we can save that for another day. Yeah, I would um, say like um, like in a lot of different industries, sales and marketing are they've got to be closely coordinated. Yeah, uh, sales probably sits, you know, outside as its own separate department, but certainly works very closely with marketing, and that just makes total sense. You know, if you've got a big marketing uh, campaign on, like the sales guy's got to know about that to help maximize it and get, um, right. you know, whatever it might be back in like, you know, talking about physical, There's, it's getting like racks in the, in the stores, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. What does that mean from a digital standpoint? So music is unique in that the, the distribution of it changes the way that it's marketed. So in the digital space, because we're focused on streaming today, you have to change your marketing plans that include uh, different markets around the world. So and the way that it changes is you're going from regional-based marketing to, to global marketing campaigns. And yeah. you're working in tandem with press as well, but you're working with uh, digital marketers and product managers um, who are specifically responsible for liaising between international markets and the domestic markets. And you're, you're sort of a good marketing plan is sort of taking that all into account um, and utilizing the digital space as much as possible. Okay. Yeah. 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 That is actually an interesting point because I think with, um, you know, with the, the digital world, social media, et cetera, yeah. like everything is instantly available in all the territories across the world, right? Go yeah, on. yeah, yeah. This the concept of like a staggered release, etc. It's probably relevant to some artists, and especially when they're doing physical, and you know they're going to be going on tour, etc. But when you're living in a world where you know the clips, teasers, photographs, everything yeah. that is on social media, and it, you know it's it's not dropped by like time zone; it's dropped yeah. all over the world instantly. Yeah. So. I want to define a couple of things really quick before we get too too deep. So those different departments in a label have different functions. So yeah, let's why don't, why yeah, don't we yeah, talk yeah, a yeah. little about those? That'd yeah. be good to Yeah. So radio promotion, it's it's pretty self-explanatory. You have a department that's dedicated towards promoting your music on the radio. They have relationships with um different radio entities, different DJs across the country. So that is still, I, I would argue, very regional. Um, particularly in hip-hop in the urban space, something that works on East Coast radio might not necessarily work on in West Coast radio. So you, you have people who that's 100% their jobs and they're dedicated towards gathering good research from a record and, and promoting it across the country on, um, you know, different, different platforms, whether it be urban, adult contemporary, um, you know, et cetera. So that's the radio promotion department. Then you have the general marketing department who's responsible for creating the campaigns. And 
a good marketing plan, you're advocating for your artists within the building. So you might have an, a concept of how to market this artist. So you, you talk with your, your, your radio promotion department, you talk with your digital marketing campaign, you talk with the press person, you're having conversations with your A&R about the artistic vision of the record. Um, and you're definitely very close with your sales team when it comes to pitching the record on the, on the digital streaming platforms, et cetera. So, you know, at the end of the day, for me, it's always ideal to have the marketing plan from ground zero. Um, I, and this doesn't happen a lot, unfortunately, but a lot of the times what ends up happening is you're chasing the record from a marketing standpoint after the record has already been made. So ideally, it's the plan is more collaborative. I uh, artists get signed. We sit down with them and we say, Hey, you know, what is your vision for this record? Who are you speaking to? What is your audience? Um, what are you trying to communicate with this music? And you take that all into account um, when it comes to, to actually marketing the record. Yeah. That, that sounds super like logical, I guess, yeah. you know, like if, if you were, you know, if you had a team and you were trying to, sell as many records, stream as many streams as possible, yeah. right? And it was almost like a kind of like project. That's how you would logically go about it. Um I can I can I can see that. Uh I'd be curious to know you know like how many people would actually buy into that, right? Cuz from it you're creating a record, a lot of the stuff happens, you know, the songwriting process has happened well in advance right. possibly you know yeah and i mean it's hard it's hard because you have artists and managers who have you know a different outlook about where they want their careers to go and it's a negative sometimes it's negative when you have too much label participation to be sure. honest because yeah. i may pitch something that's extremely corny or you know not related to you know what the artist wants to do and they have a right to say no we're not doing that you know but it's yeah, a, it's a collaborative effort that, uh, so from a from a creative creative perspective mm. i feel that uh when we're in the studio like producing and writing a song and creating something with an artist he's already thinking or he should be already thinking in terms of marketing what audience and what target is this product going to be directed to based yeah. on their own truth and what they're what they're trying to express and what they're trying to say they should also be thinking how can you maximize your ideas to connect with that specific audience that you want and eventually translate it into a whole marketing campaign. So yeah. making decisions as like what kind of sounds you're using and how you build your own brand on the way you look and the way you create your own content. And a lot of times artists think that somebody else is going to make those decisions for them. Right. But you as an artist have the responsibility to really find out who you are and what you're what you're trying to stand for, yeah. you know? And at the end of the day, what I've found is there are artists who are very good at social media and artists who aren't. And it's super difficult to take an artist who doesn't know how to market themselves as an artist on social media yeah. and make them into, you know, somebody who's creating TikToks every day and is engaging with their fans on Triller yeah. and Instagram and, and Twitter, you know, versus somebody who just gets it and is able to do that automatically. Totally. I think, and this is an interesting point, like, it occurs to me that there is a difference between marketing yourself as an artist and marketing your music. The product, yes. Right? And I think a lot of people um, would naturally, you know, they want their music to be out there and they kind of want it to be marketed. 
maybe they're reluctant to do it themselves. You know, there's a sort of, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who don't necessarily enjoy, you know, putting their music out there and promoting their own music. It's, it almost feels like, you know, they're naturally more humble than that, let's say, and it doesn't come as naturally to them. Yeah. But and then there's a but I think those artists still they want their music to be out there. But then you also got to market yourself as an artist. Yeah, and I think that kind of touches on what I I wanted to talk about digital marketing a little bit more specifically because it touches on that very thing. So, you know, at a label, digital marketing, there's a lot of like just the the regular maintenance things like creating smart links so people have access to to different platforms via one link. There's claiming videos. There's um, verifying artists on on the different social platforms, but they also have these relationships with the different social media platforms to where they've developed best practices for for you as an artist. So they create whole digital marketing campaigns when it comes to teasing your records, um, influencer marketing, which is very important, um, and have relationships with various outlets that exist on social media that can you know help you promote your music. Sure. Let me just stop you. Yeah. What what I've heard this, especially in relation to TikTok. Yeah. What is teasing a record? So teasing a record is taking a clip of a record that's not out yet and, you know, using it as a sound on your personal TikTok or promoting it on influencers' TikTok pages. So that's that's what mm -hmm. we call influencer marketing. Okay, that so, makes sense. Yeah, so when you're teasing a record, the point of it is, you know, you're creating... Um, awareness for a record or a music video that you're about to put out. You can sort of potentially drive up pre-saves by teasing the record. You can get um, real-time feedback from your audience by teasing a record, whether they like it or not. You know, should I put this out, et yeah. cetera. That's, okay. what, that's what teasing does, and it's very important. So I've so that's, uh, that's a good answer, and that helps us explain. I think, uh, Danny, we've had a conversation in the past about this where, you know, the... Uh, TikTok is being used by artists to tease a record or like that they haven't even written yet. What, what I see happening mm. now with, with social media is that artists have now access to these huge audiences that are not waiting for you to put out an album and a whole thing. They right. just they just want to see you doing something. So if you're constantly putting out content people notices you. And what I've noticed is that a lot of artists are simply just coming up with songs like in a day, like a one minute song. And they start putting, they, they start putting stuff like that on, on TikTok and being recognized by those things. And then from there, they go into the whole thing. It's like, okay, let's release it. Let's put a video out. Let's try to, but it's, but it's also about consistency. You know, yeah. a lot of, a lot of times this, this viral hits, don't happen too often, but they do happen when you put out a lot of off things often. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a good point. And I think it's very well known, at least at this point amongst music marketers, you can break a song on TikTok, but you cannot break an artist. Yes. And I challenge you guys, if you go look at any viral song on TikTok, that's not made by like an already famous artist. You know, you go to their their streams and it'll be like 100 million streams for that one song. But it, then you look at the rest of their songs and it's like 50,000, 30,000, 100,000. Because trying to convince fans to, you know, 
be a customer for life, it, it takes a long time. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. you know, that's kind of where traditional music marketing and digital marketing go hand in hand because, you know, when you're not teasing a record, what is your personality like, you know, when you post for the rest of the time? I feel like yeah. a lot of fans want to feel like they're your friend and they want to participate in the lifestyle that you do. So at the end of the day, if you have like an entertaining social media platform already and then you start to tease music, then that's that's all the better for you. And I think, you know, this goes into artist development a little bit, um, but it, it's also traditional marketing. Like you have to work on your live performances, work on like getting out there and connecting with people like actually, you know, instead of just sort of doing it online because a lot of people, you know, they can stream a lot of records, but they can't sell tickets. And that's, that's like a completely different thing. Once you're, once you're actually able to put ass to seats, you know, that's when you're, you're kind of transitioning from like a developing artist to, to somebody whose fan base is more loyal that you can count on for years. You know, yeah, that customer yeah. relationship management lasts more than just the one minute TikTok sound, you know, it lasts, it lasts for years. Yeah. And I think it's quite interesting to hear about that because it, I think, you know, from the outside looking in, it it's quite genre specific as, you know, who's good at what and right. who's not so good at like, you know, typically like some of the artists that I would follow and listen to, they are out there performing, you know, from right. day dot and they're good at the live show. You know, they're, they're, they've crafted their trade as musicians and been able to perform live and, but maybe the whole social media thing doesn't come as naturally to them. Yeah. And, but it's, it's, it's really, I think one of the key things is you, you, you can't just ignore it. You can't ignore one or the other. You have to be doing both. And I would say for those sorts of artists who, uh, struggle, like what's the advice for them? One thing I've seen is that people who had no real social media presence and then realized they had to do something about it. I, I've seen success there where like, yeah, they've got a social media presence, but they haven't sold out. Like it's in their own voice and right. it's, and it's, you know, in keeping with their style and there's, integrity. No, there's absolutely times where, you know, teasing a record and doing the, the TikTok things backfires because if it's not genuine, your fans can see that, you know? Um, but I think, you know, you're right. It's, I think it's genre specific. I think it's no secret that like hip hop and pop dominate the digital marketing space. Like all the outlets on these social media platforms cover artists that are releasing pop music and hip hop music. Yeah. Um, but you know, your rock artists, your indie artists, um, what, however you define that genre aren't as good at that, but they perform a lot more. Um, but they don't necessarily stream that much. Yeah. I feel this is all about communication and connections between your music or your art. Let's say you, this is between you and your audience and your music is the message that you're trying to communicate. So if you are in a live show, you go to an open mic, you get a microphone, you get speakers, you play your song, people will hear you and they will react to it. Right. Right. But we live in a digital world now and you have access to millions and millions and millions of people that could hear your stuff if you if your message is clear enough and you're also targeting your message to people interested in this kind of stuff. Because let's let's be honest, not everybody likes all kinds of music. Right. Those millions and millions of, of, of people that we're talking about, they're all different. They're all unique. We're all the same, but we're also very unique. No, for sure. And and it it's just it's just a matter of like being aware of that connection that you're trying to build right and 
social media is is a great tool. It's an amazing tool, and I it feel is. that if if there's an artist out there like making awesome stuff, but not feeling like feeling hesitant about like creating a TikTok account. Yeah. Well, you don't have to do what everybody else is doing in TikTok. I was that guy for a while. I was like away from TikTok for right. a long time until I figured out, I was like, oh yeah, I can just do my thing yeah. and try to be myself. Yeah, that's it. It's about like- it's the best way to connect anyway. Well, I think to answer your question earlier, you asked me like, what do you do with artists who aren't good on social media? I mean, it's tough, man. Like, it, I think you, you, you have to- as an artist, unfortunately, you can't just create art in a vacuum. You also have to be an entrepreneur. You are a business. You have to market 100%. yourself. You know, it's it's not like, I mean, that's but that's with every industry, though. If you want to own your own company, uh, you either do it by word of mouth in your, in your town, wh whatever service you provide, or you market yourself online. Like, and yeah. music is a global market, like we discussed. So, And the resources are out there, man. Yeah. Like, we're like not, we're yeah, not talking yeah. about anything new. It's like, dumb. There's, I think no, no. You're right. I think music marketing is dummy proof at this point. All of the all of the places where you can release music have tools for you, best practices. Like put links everywhere. Always have visuals for for whatever you know records that you're releasing. Um, use um, um, YouTube Shorts. Use TikTok. Use um, Instagram Reels. Like you know, if you are in the pop urban space, maybe you create um, like short little one minute TikToks. If that's not your vibe, maybe you do covers every day, you know, yeah, or maybe, yeah, yeah. you know, and I'm also a fan of not reinventing the wheel. I think take like everybody has an influence, right? Or everybody has somebody that they look up to, especially in music. So if you have an artist that you really admire, see what they did in their careers and how, yeah, they're, totally. connected, and how they connected, how they're connecting you know? totally. with because I think like, you know, going back to what I was saying, you know, you know, you might be put off by some of the stuff that's going on in social media and just say like, that's not me, but like, you know, it doesn't have to be you, you yeah. know, just find what works for you and there'll be receptive, there'll be receptive fans out there that get it and get you and actually want that because most people want their artists to be authentic, Yeah, you know, and, uh, that's what, that's what I look for. And, um, so yeah, I mean, you've, you've maybe answered, a lot of it just in in that there's some good um you know advice that you covered there but here's a question yeah if i am a artist you know getting started looking to do things for myself you know we've all we've we've talked about you know in previous episodes that if you're investing in yourself as a business right you you got to invest in many different ways, and part of that is some financial advice. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Or investment. Sorry. And um, I guess you know not everyone has lots of cash, but hopefully there's going to be some sort of they're willing to you know back themselves and put in some sort of cash. They've got a job saved up, whatever it might be. So the question is, if I'm looking just to get started i don't have loads of money like what are the things that i should be doing to market my music you know i'm putting it out through one of the uh, distribution partners the independent distribution partners that we we talked about what should i be doing in the build-up to releasing my music and surrounding that release that's a great question that's a big question no 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 i i yeah um there's so many things that, in my opinion, like and I've seen it, I've seen it happening, and I see how 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 useful they are. I feel number one, regardless of how much money you have, you should be creating content. 
a yeah. lot of it. And um, if it's if it's too much for you to do, find somebody who can help you create the content. Yeah, and you create don't, a team. You know, work with and a, work with a. And that would be my number one answer to what you just said. I think if you if it's too much for you to do yourself, then you need to find a team. Um, and it might not be necessarily a professional that you have to pay a lot of money to. It could just be somebody that you're friends with that believes in your music as much as you do. Yes. And, and you they're also building their own brand. Like I know yeah. photographers, videographers, even marketing people that I work with. And we're all collaborating all the time because they're trying to promote their brand and their services and how they do their thing as filmmakers, for example. And then they want artists that are doing good music so they can... Yeah, help also promote their services. So it's it, it, as long as you have the awareness of this is something that is gonna give value to everybody. Right, you can create that kind of connection and build those teams and build those relationships without having any money. Yeah, I, but yeah, but I would say like for the checklist, you know, I think number one, um, well, not number one, but art artwork. Yeah, for whatever you're releasing, get somebody who can you know create a graphic for you or do it yourself. Every time you release a single, have a visual component. So a music video, a short animated clip that you can loop over and over again and put it on YouTube if that's cheaper. But definitely you need to have a visual component for every release that you have. I think that's super crucial. Um, teasing the record. So building anticipation requires, you know, you know, you to actually build anticipation. So if you have two weeks between, you know, when you put it on the DSP and when your when your album drops or when your single drops, um, start teasing the record then. Make different dances if that's your thing. Maybe it's just you playing the record in the studio. Maybe it's you um, syncing it with something fun that you're doing, but actually tease the record. Yeah. Um, I think spending a bit of money on ads is important too. So, you know, on Instagram and on Facebook, you can you can um, curate or like you can set different like uh, ads to target a specific audience whether it be age, whether it be gender, regional, I think you can do that. And that doesn't, you can, I yeah. mean, you can spend as much money as you want doing yeah. that. Yeah, and we could go a lot into that. I have done some yeah. like initial top level marketing courses. And I think, you know, the number one thing that I took away from it, having not known anything about marketing really, is the power that the digital era and the internet gives us to target your consumer that's the important yeah. thing right and um at some level you know they talk about funneling etc right and uh you could do a whole marketing course on this stuff but 100%. i think you know that's the part of uh having all this data yeah. available that was you know that and it's in near enough real time right you know so um that that that's that's i think a powerful tool that people can use i have a question for you tim yeah uh, when when we're talking about content and we're talking about doing ads and doing marketing strategies, right? How important is it to actually plan it out in terms of like steps and schedule, um, dates, budget? Like, how do you do it in a, in a label? But how do you translate that into a I mean, in independent a, world. In a label, if it's a quick, if it's a single, or, you know, you you write a, a marketing plan, you you figure out what your budget is, and you know, you you execute. Um, I think planning is super important, and planning doesn't necessarily have to mean forced or corny, but you have an idea of what you're gonna do before you do it. 
And again, that's sort of the idea of not chasing the marketing after the fact, but, you know, having a plan and figuring out how much money you want to spend. What are your visuals going to look like? Um, what are some, if not um, editorial playlists, what are some like, you know, independent playlists that you can hit, like create a list. Like if you, if you're making indie soul country funk music, then find playlists that, you know, that target that specific audience that are, you know, they're, they're playlists that me and you can make that have thousands of listeners out there on Spotify, Tidal, et cetera. So write a list of all of those playlists. Um, on the independent press side, you know, if you don't have money to pay a press person, you know, find the outlets that you like to go to. Um, Cause there's a lot of independent, um, you know, music blogs, blogs and mm -hmm. publications out there that love or, you know, looking for new good music to post. There's also a lot of like, uh, email lists and things like that, that, that you can tap into and that will help you email create list. those connections. Yeah. MailChimp. I mean, that's, that's a whole thing too. Having your own email list as an artist. So like every time you put out new music, it's like a direct to consumer way to market, um, you know, your music, but yeah, have a list of playlists you want to pitch to have a list of blogs that you want to pitch to, um, have an idea of what your visuals are going to look like um, and then tease the record. And then, you know, influencer marketing, we, we touched briefly on that, but you know, there are, there are micro influencers out there who don't charge that much to, to promote your music. So if you have a favorite TikTok dancer or like a magician on TikTok, that's really cool. Maybe they're in like the hundred to 200,000 follower range, see how much they charge. And then, you know, see if you can promote your music on their page um, and have a list of those yeah. as well. So to answer your question, I, I think it's super important to have a plan. And again, a plan doesn't mean forced. It just means you have a comprehensive um, strategy for, for putting out your music. Also, from what, I, from what you're saying, I hear that doing marketing, even though it's one word, mm -hmm. is not one thing. No. Yeah. It's a lot of things. A lot of things. And, and marketing, it's, I, I remember when I was in college, they called it the marketing mix. Yeah when you just combine all the different type of resources. So if you're doing marketing and you're trying to promote your own music independently, you have to be mindful that it's a combination of things. It's like a tree. Marketing is like a tree yeah. with a bunch of branches. Yeah. You and have you, to tap into all of them. And you have to be willing to learn too. I mean, I'm very weary of anybody that says that they're an expert on music marketing because it's so many hats that that falls under. And so you have to be willing to adapt to the market, figure out what's the next cool social platform like what's what's the next best thing that the kids are doing you know in gaming like you know there's so many things like that yeah it's like so absolutely. many areas yeah. and i think it's i think that's a that's a powerful like fact that, that it isn't an exact science Not as what all. you said so yeah. there's like there is no niche uh, you know, tried and tested formula that works every time. If if there were, you know, there would just like, uh, you know, there would be no need for NR departments. Basically, just right. like bring them in, and you know, we'll we'll just market it and make this a hit and make this a hit artist for the next ten years, whatever it might be. So, but that, that I think it's powerful. Just you know, get creative. You know, like find find uh, ways and creative ways. You know, artists are creative people, obviously. Like find creative ways to market the music and. If you if you don't know, get on the internet, search, take a look what you what uh, other developing artists are doing, and get inspired that way. I would recommend also one more thing. If you really don't know how to do this and really feel like you have don't have it because you're an artist or you're a singer and you're writing and you're doing all these things, you have to create at least that one connection with someone that knows this. Yeah. yeah. 
It's all about making connections. So you have to create at least that connection with, with someone in your team. It could be your cousin that works at a bank. He knows a little bit of marketing and he might sit down with you and tell you, hey, why don't you try this and this? You, it doesn't matter. Just create some type, type of connection with someone that knows this this field and expand your team. Because at the end of the day, as an artist, you have to wear many hats. And right. sometimes you have to share those hats with other people to be able to accomplish things. And, and last thing I'll say about that is being independent doesn't mean being an individual. If it's too Absolutely. much for you to do, then build a team or find people that are passionate about the music that you make. Because if you can't find one or two people that are passionate enough to help you out in your career, how are you going to find a whole audience? You know, yeah, it's, it's yeah, very hard. That's but, true. Th those people exist. And, you know, music is that powerful tool that when you do find those fans and, you know, they recognize that talent and they recognize what you're trying to do, you know, I find that, you know, you I'm never surprised by people's generosity when it comes to helping out artists. Because I know how I feel when I come across an artist that I see and I like, you know, it's in uh, my wheelhouse and it's, you know, I, I want to do everything I can to help them and I want to see that person succeed. Yeah. So, you know, like if you've got that gift and you know, and yeah, you're going and to also, succeed, you, you, you'll, you will find those people. And also the fruits of that is something that you can share eventually. You know, when you, when you're, when you're growing and your art is growing, your team is also going to grow and everybody's going to, everybody involved is going to be more interested on taking this to the next level. So building yep. those relationships is very important. Yep. And you know, as always, we're going to post resources on music marketing in the description below. Um, so be sure to check those out. If you guys have any questions, email us, email us at the record shepherds at gmail.com. Um, any questions, comments, um, any feedback about, you know, what we're covering is very much appreciated. Also be sure to follow us um, on all social platforms, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, et cetera. And you can listen to us where all podcasts are distributed. Yeah, so uh, that's bring, bringing us to the end of uh, another episode. We hope that was useful. This could have been us. This could also be a very, very long podcast eventually because yeah, yeah, yeah. there's so many things that we can talk also about marketing, which we'll probably... We'll cover it. Yeah, we'll we will keep. definitely keep, yeah, <laughs> keep following because we're going to have to dive back in in detail and we could do pods on each platform essentially and, 100%. you know, and that, like strategies around that. So keep following and tune in for another exciting episode next week. Um, until then... Follow the guidance of the shepherds. Don't be the sheep. Be, be the, the goat. goat. Yay. Bah.